0: to get 50% off. That's code SELLINGWITHLOVE50 at factormeals.com slash SELLINGWITHLOVE50, and you'll get 50% off.
1: Not bad. What makes you stand out from your competition? What do you have to offer to the people? What are your values? Because once you're crystal clear about what you stand for, then you can communicate authentically and attract the people Who would appreciate you for who you are and therefore having a happily ever after. Plug
0: into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Welcome to Superhumans at Work by Mind Valley. I'm your host, Jason Mark Campbell. And before we get started, tell me, if you could change anything in your life, what would it be? Would it be your body, your career, your relationships? Thankfully, you don't have to choose. As a Mind Valley member, you'll get instant access to the wisdom of world-class personal growth teachers and programs that can evolve you in every way for just $2 a day. Are you ready to make a change? Start transforming your life today at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. Today, I have a good friend of mine, which we've had a chance to connect over the years, and he's been doing some phenomenal things on social media. And one of the things that really impressed me the most is the way that he executes his strategy on how he converts people that follow him on social media Continuously creating amazing content, but also getting them to become more close to his ecosystem where it really brings results for his business. This is really what we want to talk about here is just going through these social media myths maybe some social media strategies that really make the needle move when you're trying to make an impact in the workplace. Eric Fang is an entrepreneur. He's based out of Singapore and he helps lots of people understand this world of social media and how to do it in a very effective way, which is why I want to bring him here to share some of those ideas with you, which I know are going to make a huge impact for you as well. Eric Fang, welcome to the show. Hello, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love Your branding. I want to start there because you have a very specific style of personality online. I love how you present yourself. And I wanted to kind of kick it off there. Is some people kind of put the category of branding as a, you know, design, the logo, design, the colors. And I wanted to go
1: beyond that and you know really
0: ask you, what is your perspective on what branding is and how
1: it ties into social media? Well, if you look at a word brand, right? In the olden days, they always used the word brand as to brand the cows. So for example, your cow, my cow, how do we know what's the difference? We will make a mark on the cow, right? So that's actually how the word branding comes along. So at the core of branding, it's about differentiation. It's about what makes you stand out from the rest. And it's so important to know what makes you stand out because it helps you attract your tribe. I think that's important. I'm not too sure, Jason, if you ever played this game before. Like I play this all the time in freshman orientation camp where we are all given an animal, right? So maybe you're a cat, I'm a dog. And then we will all be blindfolded. Hundreds of us would be in the room. And then we have to call out our animal sign, right? So if I'm a cat, I'll male, If I'm a dog, I'll wolf. And imagine different people doing all the sounds. And then we would pay attention to where the sound goes and we go to that tribe. So the cats will eventually gather, the dogs will gather. I see personal branding that way. First of all, self-awareness is most important. Like, do you know who you are? What makes you stand out from your competition? What do you have to offer to the people? What are your values? Because once you're crystal clear about what you stand for, then you can communicate authentically and attract the people who would appreciate you for who you are and therefore having a happily ever after. All right. I love how we're jumping right
0: into some really (laughs) relevant stuff because here's one thing I find different from what you're saying. And the example that you gave with the game is that a benefit from that game is you were said, you know, you are a cat, you are a dog. And it seems like the biggest challenge we have right now is we're Like, I found myself often looking outside and being like, who can tell me what I am so I can start really walking the path? Like, can someone just tell me I'm a dog? But what is that journey of identifying like what you are so you can actually start, you know, acting in alignment to that?
1: I feel that at the core of personal branding or even, in fact, human development is self awareness. I think at a basic level is understanding what are your core values, like what brings you joy. You know, for some of us, so there are people who say, oh, I want to be a coach. And when we ask them, like, why do you want to be a coach? And the first thing they say is, oh, because it's very lucrative right now. And it's very different because that means money making is their biggest value. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to understand that that's your value. And if you put that out, you're going to attract people who share the same values with you. So, for example, like we work with leaders a lot who do recruitment. And the leaders would like to flaunt their wealth because they say that, oh, look at the car I drive, look at the house I live in. Nothing wrong with that. But the people that you attract will come to you, gravitate to you because they like the car, they like the house. But bear in mind, no loyalty because it means that when the next person come along and say, I can help you make even more money, they leave. So I think that at the core of personal branding, right, is to first understand what aspect of yourself you want to put out there and be as authentic as possible. And why I say be as authentic as possible? Because we are like an onion. We're constantly unfolding our identity. So, you know, the Eric 10 years ago may not be the Eric today because I know myself more. But fundamentally, I think whoever that's listening to this podcast, the most basic question that you want to ask yourself is, you know, what brings you joy? Because whatever brings you joy, tends to be the things that you are good at doing, tends to be where you are at flow. So that's important. Now, and then you put that on social media. So for example, some of us, we love reading and we love sharing what we read, right? That brings us joy. Go do that. And you will start to attract people who love the same things as you. Now, because if you want to do business, step number one is attention. You need people to know you. And this is actually the biggest problem. We always think about, oh, I want to make money out of my social media following. But if you don't get the eyeballs, then you're not going to be able to monetize that following. So step number one in K is that you got to know thyself. You got to know yourself. What are your values? What are your strengths? So that you know which social media platform can help you magnify that. So for example... If you're an interesting personality, you are colorful, you're an extrovert, you love sharing your life, no holds bar behind the scenes and all, Instagram is going to celebrate that. But if you're a learning machine, you love networking, you, know, you love meeting smart people, you love doing intellectual conversations, you should be on LinkedIn, you shouldn't be on Instagram. So by knowing yourself, you know which aspect of yourself to put on social media, but you also know which social media platform you succeed the best. I definitely want to dig deeper into that. Now you've you've covered a lot in this monologue here, so I
0: got to break it down a little bit. So one is understanding the importance of self-awareness, what you decide to attract, what intention you go into putting yourself out there, you're going to attract the same thing. And the biggest takeaway from what you just said is as much as it's okay to be able to say, Hey, making money is one of the core values. It also comes with a cost or at least on a, a shadow side, which is zero loyalty, right? So then it's almost like if you want to go into you know selling goods online and you're trying to compete at Amazon, somebody's gonna squeeze you out of your price at some point. So it's not necessarily something that builds a brand that's sustainable, can build more value in the process. Did I get that correctly?
1: Absolutely. And you know something, Jason? Another way that you can get to know yourself better is by actually asking your fans, your best customers. So for example, one of the exercises I go through is I ask my customers, why did they choose me? rather than another coach? Because there must be something they see in me that got them attracted to me. So I think it's important for us to constantly ask the why me question. Why do you choose me? So for example, when I went through this exercise, there were two to three words that constantly come up a lot. One of it, of course, is the energy. The other one is the positivity. So I now know, oh, okay, so that aspect of myself seems to attract a lot of people that I want to work with. So therefore, I double down. You see, I'm still authentic. It's just I amplify aspects of myself that attracts the people I want. So I think step one is put yourself out there, be as true as possible. And then see what happens, right? See how magic happens.
0: And it's interesting. You also specify, talk to your best customers, right? And just because this is something I speak about a lot as well, which is like, don't go and ask who you are to people you don't want to work with, right? Because then that'll end up diluting you. And so I think that specification is huge. But for someone who might not have had a lot of customers yet, what do you do? Do you take a shot in the dark? Do you just... You know, go out and explore. Like, what would be some tips you could give for someone who's putting themselves out there on social media, but still don't have an audience that they can go and audit to get that kind of reflection? So,
1: maybe there are three types of markets that might be a good bet. Market number one would be a market that you have the most knowledge about. So, perhaps it's because, let's say, you are a new parent. And therefore, you know, you understand what new parents are going through. Therefore, that might be the easiest market for you to go through because you're building empathy, that's one. Number two, it could be easy access. Meaning to say that maybe because your dad is an entrepreneur and you've been hanging around with your dad's friends, so you kind of have easy access to the business owner market of your country. So that will also be a very good starting point. Or number three, pick a market that you are naturally curious about. Because if you're curious about that market, you will definitely do more work to understand that market, right? And then from then, you will also create success. So if you're new, to summarize, either pick a market that you have a lot of knowledge about, you have easy access to, or you're curious about. That would be a very good starting point.
0: Brilliant. I really love this. And again, this is so applicable. So for people tuning in, this is the time where you want to take a few notes because you can take some action exactly from what we just discussed so far. Before we continue, I just want to tell you a little bit about Mindvalley Membership. For all of you personal development junkies like me out there, growing in one area of your life just isn't enough. That's why we made Mindvalley Membership, to bring you the best personal growth programs on the planet so you can evolve every day in every way. Whether you want to get crazy fit, Build a business or manifest more money in your life, there's a quest for that. And now you can access every single one for just $2 a day. So if you're striving to become the best self and live the life you deserve, try out Mind Valley membership at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman. Eric, I kind of cut you off earlier, but I want to get right back to it now that we've summarized and clarified this, which is, you know, a lot of people want to go on social media asking those questions. I want to go on Instagram. I want to go on LinkedIn. TikTok is booming. Clubhouse is out there. And it's almost like there's a new channel coming up all the time. And you've already hinted towards some of the tendencies of our personality that could lead us towards certain platform. Learning, being LinkedIn, maybe authentic, raw, behind the scene, being more Instagram. Or is there any other kind of call them these rules of thumbs or maybe these quick check mark points that could make you take that decision
1: very early on sure i see every social media platform like a country right and every country has its native language so say for example you're in bali so therefore if you speak you know bahasa indonesia immediately you create instant connection right because you're speaking the language you understand the culture So I see it the same way with different social media platforms. So for example, you know, I see Facebook like a living room, right? Now, what do you do in a living room? You don't invite strangers to your living room. You invite your friends and you invite your family members. You don't talk about work, but you talk about current affairs. You talk about the things, the events that happen around us. You talk about, you know, your life, what's going on. So the key to doing well on Facebook is to be relational. So if you are a person that, you know, you love building relationships with people, you care a lot about what's going on in people's lives, you care a lot about what's going on around the world, you like talking about, you know, current affairs, you love dealing with just the warm market, people that share a lot of similarities with you, then Facebook is an easy platform for you to get started. But Instagram is different. Instagram, to me, it's reality TV. (laughs) First of all, it's TV, right? And TV, it's about entertainment. It cannot be just pure education. It's boring. So people go to Instagram, you know, they have very short attention span. You need to be able to evoke emotions. So therefore, I always believe that if you have an interesting personality, you do different things in your life, you're willing to share your life because that's where the reality aspect comes in. Then you will do extremely well on Instagram. Also, in Instagram, you have to decide very upfront how you want to play the game. You want to play the social game or the authority game. Because you cannot be both. We're not Taylor Swift. If Taylor Swift, you know, posts a cinnamon bun, an ugly cinnamon bun with a little bit of hair on it, she'll get a million likes. But if you and I take a nice cinnamon bun, you know, put light things, create some good music, we might only just get 10 likes. The reason is because people won't follow you on Instagram if they don't know who you are. Which is most of us. So therefore, if you want to do well on Instagram, either you have sell by how interesting your life is, or you sell by community. That means you have a compelling interest that attracts people to you. So if I go to your feed, within a few seconds, I can tell from your greed impression, right? We talk about great impression. I talk about G R I D, your greed. Right, your snipe pictures, immediately I ask myself, who are you? Who do you stand for? Are you a foodie? You know, Are you a fitness guy? Are you a motivator? What are you? Because then only then, I'll decide if I want to follow you. So your feed is like a magazine, while your Instagram story is like reality TV for me to see the every other aspects of your life. So this is very important if you want to do well on Instagram. Now, LinkedIn, to me, I think is one of the best platforms because... I never get a negative comment in that platform. Everyone over there are very positive, optimistic. By the way, LinkedIn is a modern day symposium. And so if you want to do well in LinkedIn, you need to be a person of value. And in LinkedIn world, we define value as your connections, your insights, and your positivity. So that's why I say if you love networking, you're a learning machine, you know, little trading ideas, I think LinkedIn will be a perfect platform
0: for you. Eric, your analogies sink right into the mind and it's so amazing. And when I hear this, I just go, aha. Although I also asked the question in the back of my head with a little smile: I wonder which one is the bathroom of the house of all the social media platforms. Oh. <laughs> the <laughs> the, the inbox, inbox in your, yeah, your spam folder is where you don't get any attention. You just dump that. <laughs> but that being said, as you outline these different languages, I think that's a beautiful lens to look at it because it becomes very easy to just try to do the same thing on every platform. And then guess what? You're not getting the kind of response. So there you can almost pick what is your primary platform, which we've talked about this before when we did an Instagram live together. And I just want to reiterate here is that if I notice I have one of the platforms, I seem to be gravitating a little more towards, for example, LinkedIn, I'm like, yep, I want to be able to connect. I want to be able to share insights and I'm a pretty positive person. So then, okay, This is my primary. Should I ignore the others? Do I syndicate to the others? Or do I still put it? Like, when do
1: I decide to go to more mediums? Here's my advice. Dominate on one first. You see, the whole idea is this. Don't be a small fish in a big sea. The big sea is the whole entire social media world. And then your influence is going to be so small because you try to be everything everywhere. So you're like a small fish in a big sea. You get eaten up. You want to be a big fish in a small pond. And what that means is you want to dominate on one social media platform first. Be an influencer in one platform because the minute you become an influencer in one platform, you'll be invited to swim in other ponds. That's why I say you need to know thyself. You need to know your strengths. You need to know your audience. You need to know your social media platform. With this tree. You put that together, you will know, you know, which social media platform you have the highest chance of success. The biggest mistake that people make is they go to a social media platform purely by the market that they want to go after. Who cares? Because I can go after a market that I want to go after, but if I'm not attractive to that market, even if I'm in that market, I'm not going to get anyone. So I'd rather we also consider the other two aspects, the social media platform and also yourself. And ask yourself, who actually naturally have the highest affinity with you. That will help you succeed. Eric, I love this.
0: And I'd love for actually giving you some space because you've had a beautiful journey with your social media. You have a certain way that you've applied these principles to your success. And I'd love for you to maybe walk us how you got started to get to where you are now by using these principles in action.
1: So I started my speaking career in 2008. And of course, it's another story altogether about why I gravitate towards the education business. But I remember in 2008, I got into the speaking business. It's my second job because I was a computer engineer for about six years <laughs> doing programming. And I was like, nah, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a teacher. My first overseas gig was in Malaysia. So I flew over, gave a speech, only 15 people came. Now, whenever people hear this story, they will say, oh, wait, 15 people is not so bad. What I didn't tell you is seven of them were actually my friends. The only real audience is five because there were three like, aunties and uncles just resting their legs wondering what's going on. And that was how I started my speaking career with only five audience and seven friends. So it was very, very tough in the first few years because I was young and I was inexperienced. I remember there were professional speakers who would tell me that I should grow some gray hair, lose all my hair, put a fake golden ring on myself so that I look older, so that I'll be engaged. And I remember a lot of times when I sent out packages because I came from the era where we still send packages. When we send packages and emails to our clients, i will not get any reply they will ghost you right and eventually if a corporate client choose to meet me maybe a month later that meeting will never feel like a discussion it will feel more like an interrogation they will ask about my content materials they'll check for spelling mistakes they'll make me do live session just to double check that i can really do a good job and eventually if they hire me they will usually drive the price down sometimes to a few hundred dollars for exposure, you know, I always get that a lot like, hey, Eric, do it for free for exposure. So just imagine, you know, I used to be a scholar with the government and I was making about three to $5,000. And then now I'm struggling to even make $1,000. So that was how I started my speaking career. And I was very close to giving up and going back to computer science. Then fortunately, I met the Yoda speaking industry. So that's why, guys, it's so important to have mentors in your life. They speed things up for you. And Ron Kaufman, he founded the Speaking Association in Singapore. And he said to me, he gave me one of the most brutal truth that we never learned in school. He said to me that, Eric, life is a popularity game where people buy people first. And what he means is that before a corporate client or before a follower buys your product, they will ask themselves, do I know who you are? Do I like you as a person? Do I respect you as a professional? If these three things doesn't happen, the same one happens. Like who I am, it's extremely important. I need to sell myself before I sell my programs, my content, my products, my services. So... I'm going to give you another analogy here, right? Which will resonate with a lot of Asian audience. <laughs> so if you ever come to, you know, let's say Singapore, right? We have this thing called the market. And if you are new, you're a tourist, like I'm going to take Jason to one of our favorite markets in Singapore. And I'm going to ask Jason, Jason, look around you, look at all the stores, the food stores, right? Tell me which one would you want to eat? And immediately he would definitely look for the longest queue. Would you say? Because the longest queue would imply that the food must be really good. That's why everybody comes. That is what KLR means. Being well-known, being well-loved, being well-respected. That if your market is the industry and the food stores are your competition, then you want to make sure that people are queuing up for yours. And the cool thing is that if you have a long queue, you don't ever have to hunt for customers. They come looking for you. And that increases your negotiation power. They don't meet you to consider; they meet to confirm if they want to do business with you. So you want to have that KRR effect. And in the social media world, it's basically your following. And I want to talk something else before I pass it back to you: referrals. Right? We always talk about referrals. I want people to refer me. Why is it that nobody refer me? The answer is very simple: because you have no status. Think about it. If I meet like Jason, right? And he's a superstar in Mind Valley and he's doing great stuff. Now, without him asking, I would ask for a photo and I'll tell the whole entire social media world, I just did an interview with Jason. Why? Am I doing it because of Jason? No, I'm doing it because of myself. Because when I associate myself with Jason, my status goes up because he's a superstar. Why is it that we like to take photos with celebrities? Why is it that we like to show people that we're in a nice restaurant? It increases our status. So when you are well-known, well-loved, well-respected, you have a following, you have a cue. Naturally, people want to tell everyone that they work with you, not because of you, but because it increases their status. So it's very important. And I didn't realize that until Ron shared with me the truth about human psychology, about how human behave. Then Facebook came along. I went all in to become well-known, well-loved, well-respected in a selected market. And then when other social media platforms came along, I jumped. So I dominated on Facebook for about 10 years before I even moved to another platform because I was slow. Because back then, nobody was teaching social media. So I was on Facebook only. Right? I was only on Instagram in 2017. <laughs> I was very late in Instagram. So I jumped onto Facebook and then I went onto Instagram, LinkedIn, and I started studying. How does it work? So I put on kind of like a curiosity mindset. So I was experimenting a lot. And then, you know, a decade later, which is now I started to figure out, oh, there's a certain formula in every platform. And that's how I grew my following and how I attract clients to me. This is incredible. Eric... You've
0: just given us so much insights when it comes to social media. I know for everybody listening here, I know you've had some aha moments, definitely things that you can reevaluate, the importance you put on your branding, the importance you put on your social media and how it is a, a tool that is at your disposable to be able to build on this lovability, this respect, as well as...
1: Visibility. Visibility. So everybody should remember, okay? A, L, and R. So you need to be well-known, which is your visibility. You need to be well-liked which is your likability. And then you need to be well-respected because you're doing business. So that's your credibility. You need three.
0: Brilliant. And so as you nurture these three, you've identified a few of the platforms you could be playing with, with these great analogies to see if, are you looking to go into Facebook? Do you want to go into the Instagram or the LinkedIn? And again, if you're choosing one of these newer platforms, think about what is the language that's being spoken on that platform and then come in learning the language, play by those rules. At least that'll give you the first start to earn at least the respect when you try to be the big fish in a small pond.
1: Wow, you're a good student. You remember everything.
0: Hey, I try to do my best. And then Eric, listen, as people go through this, they're building their social media. There's also this aspect of, okay, like how important is it versus other business activities? Like for a lot of people that are building their business, like I understand social media is a big deal, but if I'm not doing it as effectively, what am I
1: really leaving on the table? Like, what is it that's going to cost me if I don't take this seriously? I think we all know this. You can be selling the best product or the best service in the world, but if your market doesn't know it, it doesn't matter. So if you are not even on social media, you're going to die a death of invisibility. Because if you think about it, COVID-19, social distancing have just accelerated the future to the present moment. Think, we're, we're all at home. What are we doing? We're always on our mobile phone. If we're on our mobile phone, we're either watching something on Netflix, listening to podcasts, or we're on social media. So it's not even about whether should I be on social media. It's, you cannot ask that question anymore because today, you know, in this disrupted world, it's no longer the big fish that eats the small fish, it's the fast fish that eats the slow fish. So it's about speed. It's not about size. So it's not about just putting money on the table. Is you're killing your business if you're not even on social media.
0: So take this as a word of warning. And what I'm going to do is make sure that there's some links to discover more about the work that you do, Eric. I know you share a ton of these insights, even more on your own page. There's even an additional interview that we've done on Instagram that I'll put a link to that. We go even deeper on what do you do once you have a following? How do you bring them into your business? All those aspects get shared there. Eric, once again, thank you so much for joining me, sharing all these incredible insights again, for everybody tuning in. This is a wake up call. There's some beautiful things you can do on social media and they don't need to be horrible. They're beautiful. You can do it with authenticity. It can help you build that credibility, and then it'll actually support your business in the process. So find that platform, take it seriously and go and follow Eric and learn more from this man, because he's going to make sure you're on the right track. Take care, everybody. And Eric, thanks again.
1: Thank you so much, Jason.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you haven't signed up already, be sure to check out Mind Valley Membership. Besides getting unlimited access to our top-rated programs and trainers, you'll also join an incredible supportive community on our new Connections app. This is basically a global campus where you find like-minded friends, mentors, and accountability partners from around the world online or get together at local meetups. If you want education that connects you with kindred spirits and transforms you from the inside out, join the tribe at mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman today.